0: yeah so i was in the army i was getting out of the army and somebody threw me a book and said hey sarge take a look at this and it was that the uh, purple and gold book uh which was rich dad poor dad uh you're you're laughing because and i think you already know that book and probably most of your audience knows that is where a a a sizable amount of people got their start in real estate was reading that book and it, it is really what it takes is very simple kind of concepts
1: i could not thank you enough for tuning in every week with me on the dwelling show we've been doing this for more than two years now actually um this is um with the 200s now about the episode of the show i just want to take this time out to really thank you so much but also to remind you that if you're not on the dwelling deal list make sure you sign up so you don't miss out on deals actually we we have a deal on the contract right now so for these kinds of deals to learn more about what, what we're doing to learn about how we structure deals feel free to go on the website dwelling.com or investwithola.com, and you would see um, a pop-up box or just drop um, your email in the contact us um, form and we'll reach out to you so you'll get plugged in with what we're doing again i really appreciate you for tuning in every week. Sometimes I feel like nobody is listening on the other side until I get emails or DMs from you on Instagram or Facebook and saying thank you for, you know, out content every week. Um, it's a ton of work, but I'm so glad to do it. And it's my honor to deliver value every week um, to you, um, our listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dolan Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got an impressive guest with us today. Jake Harris. Hey, Jake, how are you doing today?
0: I am fantastic. Thank you very much, Ola. Uh, How's your day?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so glad to have you on. Let's, let's jump right into it. You want to tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and kind of what you've been up to lately?
0: Yeah. So um, I am the um, co founder of a private equity real estate uh, firm. We uh, initially started investing into a lot of single family houses all over the country. We did, I don't know, 1,200, 1,300 homes in 23 states. We aggregated those into some single family rental portfolios. Um, Some of those we flipped uh, and sold those off to the invitation homes, colony capital, you know, uh, homes to rent or, um, you know, all of the big, big shops and competed against them as well. Uh, Then in the last seven years been, you know, focusing more in the commercial real estate space and uh, primarily in central Texas, uh, and then developing, uh, doing some assemblage of land or um, like I said, commercial buildings, we're getting ready to break ground on a hotel on the Riverwalk in San Antonio. Uh, and that is adjacent and, and literally right next door to a multifamily uh, project that we're completing right now so that they'll actually have some shared amenities. And so that's what I've been doing as of late. And then obviously uh, you, you mentioned or maybe before we started recording that I, I just wrote a book, um, you know, talking about investing in distressed commercial assets i wrote that during the pandemic i thought the market was going to go that way it actually went the other way so what do i know i don't know my crystal ball is very very uh fuzzy well on future predictions
1: yeah i mean it's quite remarkable right um when we try to predict the future and what the market would do especially with the pandemic, right? You just, I mean, it's just really hard to predict. Even right now, we're recording this May, you know, 2022, like you just don't know with the war in Ukraine, inflation, feds trying to hike the rates, you just really don't know. And that's really humbling. And I think that's a good thing actually. Yeah, I, I think that's a good thing. So let me ask you this, let's go back to the beginning. How did you get started in the game and why did you get started?
0: Yeah, so I was in the army. Um, I was getting out of the army and somebody threw me a book and said, Hey, Sarge, take a look at this. And it was that the uh, purple and gold book, uh, which was rich dad, poor dad. Uh, you're, you're laughing because and I think you already know that book and probably most of your audience knows that is where a, a, a sizable amount of people got their start in real estate was reading that book. And it, it is really what it takes is very simple kind of concepts. It's not revolutionary. What he says in there is is not, you know, um, you know, going to be put in textbooks. But it's been on like the New York Times bestseller or bestsellers list for like twenty years, you know, twenty five years or something like that. A very very long time, and so that it uh, adds a, a testament to the quality of that that information. And so that was like, I this is what I want to do. And really, when I look at it and peel that back, is I have photos of myself uh or you know i didn't take them people took them of me when i was a kid like seven eight years old my brother and i were carrying like sheets of plywood and we have baths that we we're taking in a, in a wheelbarrow and we lived in a 16-foot camp trailer a family of five that was fixing up a house that was built in the late 1800s and it was old farmhouse in California and we bought it and we were remodeling that house, living in the trailer while we were remodeling the house. It took us a couple years to do the remodel. Um, It didn't even have foundation, so we had to like jack up. It just was sitting on rocks. Um, So like I grew up essentially on a construction site. And so it wasn't until I actually was looking back at at, at one of these photos on my mom's uh, refrigerator that I realized that really I've been kind of, you know, in real estate my whole entire life. So that that rich dad, poor dad brought that thing out. Like, that's what I want to do. Yes, I want to go fix up things. And then really, I got some advice. I didn't Do it instantly and probably like a lot of people starting out like I didn't know how to get started, I read rich dad poor dad and I was like I want to go do this, but I didn't know how. And obviously you know this is before Google existed so like there's a lot more information readily available and even the book that I wrote was a little bit of like what is the advice I could have given to early Jake, the, the, the advice I needed when I was, you know, kind of younger, the, the, the concentrating of that information to create some of those systems. And really, I'll give you a story is, you know, I set a goal of being a millionaire before 30. And I achieved that. However, subsequently, I was sitting on a street corner down in Tucson crying, crying like emotionally rock bottom broken. And, and really, I was 70, 80 pounds overweight i was uh my brothers you know had told me that i was an asshole the girl i thought i was going to marry had broken up with me and i was sitting there and i was praying dear lord can i be worth nothing from going from a millionaire to being worth nothing and actually wanting to be worth nothing and the reason was is i had a negative net worth i had properties that were worth less than what i owed on them the market had turned it had moved down and i was coming to closing and i was paying out money to close it started at 10 then 20 then 30 then 50 then 100 and I ran out of money before I ran out of properties and so then I was just like in this pit of misery of despair and really what it it was an example of and that created in every single aspect of my life and it was not necessarily that that particular incidence led to those other areas of the default of my life it was all those other aspects of my life were leading to the result of the financial kind of collapse and so what i realized is setting a goal was good for establishing one-time success a goal is good for one-time success systems are for those that want repeatable and predictable success and so what i mean by that is establishing and i didn't i had to learn this the hard way in that trial and error and sitting on the street corner and crying and being asked to be worth no money was it was like the systems that I had were non-existent. And so when I achieved the status of of a millionaire, I kind of just got lazy and I kind of rested on my laurels and I didn't extend and push that or I didn't develop the byproduct of what I was doing resulted in the um, magnification of, of wealth. And so I'll give you an example. Lots of people lose weight. They want to lose 20 pounds and this is going to hit and they go lose 20 pounds through sheer wheel through cleaning up their diet through doing something. But then what happens, they achieve it and then they gain back 25 pounds. You know, they go do that. And the, the thing is, is that they've maybe solved or corrected a branch problem something that was, you know, the short term. And so like you could literally just not eat for like a month, survive and lose 20 pounds and you lost your 20 pounds. But that's not sustainable. Like that's not the system in which could, you know, take off 20 pounds. What you need is a system that is in place that allows the byproduct of your system is you losing weight or being more healthy. And so in the, the illustration that I use and, and one of the things that I had to instill in my own life, I've worked out every single day for almost two and a half years, I've been sick i've been tired i had a 3 a.m flight i have you know i i have three kids and my my youngest is nine months old so in that two and a half years we had a whole nother kid like we had i was traveling i had flights canceled like all kinds of things i had a torn calf muscle but i worked out every single day and what happens is that system of working out every day creates a magnitude of ripple effect is i eat better because I work out every day, because I look at that and I go, wow, that donut is 40 minutes worth of running. Nah, I'm gonna pass. I get better sleep because I work out every day. My stress levels are lower. I am a better husband and father because I work out and have better you know uh, blood flow and all these other things so that system of working out every day is producing the results of what I actually want to do is losing weight versus and so that's when I go and I, I think that is where I got started. I failed at putting those systems in place. Now I allow those systems and I've redesigned and this is a constant journey. And I just happen to have now 20 years worth of mistakes and experiences of tweaking and building and developing the systems that I've put in place that then exults or the results are what I'm trying to get out of that. And those are the, some of a lot of the lessons learned. And so that was a lot of information packed into uh no very for important <laughs>
1: very important so so okay so let's start with i really like everything you said and thank you for your service so you got the book and of course you've got a lot of hacks that you obviously have shared with us what was your very first property tell us that first jump um, how did you find that deal how did you fund it how did you get how did you get started in the game from a property level perspective
0: First house I bought was down in uh, Glendale, Arizona. It was across the street from Westgate Development. They were planning on building the new stadium, the University of Phoenix Stadium, where, um, or at the time it was, now I don't know what it's called, but the Arizona Cardinals were gonna play there, and they announced it, and I happened to become down into Arizona. I was flipping cars. I would buy them at auction. That was kind of my side hustle. I was working construction during the day. I worked for a commercial construction company in the Bay Area and i just thought it was unachievable for a very long time that i was going to be able to afford a house because it was so expensive in the bay area and i flew down to phoenix i went you know to to, to flip and buy some of these cars to go make you know a thousand bucks or you know 1500 bucks on, on a proper on a, a car i happened to spend some extra time and i saw all these new houses that were being built and they were like hundred and fifty thousand dollars the used houses or, you know, the, the resale ones were like a hundred hundred and twenty five thousand $125,000. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, there's houses that I could actually afford here. In the Bay Area, you couldn't buy an outhouse for $150,000. Like, I was like, you couldn't buy a piece of dirt, you know, for that price. And so it was just like it, it blew my mind that there actually were properties that exist that I afford so I went in and there was a house that needed to be fixed up and this is early 2000s you know I don't know if it was 2002 2003 somewhere early 2000s and it was on the market I put in an offer a little bit lowballed them maybe five grand under what the list price was it was maybe 125 and I list you know offered them 120. I had enough money in savings and ended up being every last nickel and dime to buy that house and then, you know, cause they want all these reserves and, you know, fortunately they were very low or high leverage, low down payment. I was able to buy the house and then I got subsequently laid off as we were waiting for permits on a on a retail strip center i was going to build a little shopping center and they're like we're waiting on permits it might be six months or a year so we're going to lay you off until we get that work back and then i was like i just literally bought a house so i finally got up the thing and saved up enough and then i bought my first house and then i got laid off and i was like i don't know how i'm going to pay the mortgage payment i don't know how i'm going to do this.' so i moved because i was living in california i loaded up some tools in the back of my truck, a chair, and drove to Phoenix and the realtor gave me a mattress. And so I slept on the floor in the house on a mattress with no refrigerator. I didn't even, and like like I told you, I spent every dollar I had to buy that first house. I didn't have any money to even buy like appliances at the time. So I got one of those styrofoam coolers and I'd go get ice and I put like deli meat in there. And so I'm like fixing up the house during the day on my own kind of efforts. I got a job doing construction down in Phoenix and then I would take a little bit of money I made there, fix up the house. I flipped that first house and you know, I don't know, three, four, five months down the road and I made $28,000. And then I subsequently did the next house and then the next house and the next house. And it grew. And that's how I became a millionaire before 30.
1: Fascinating story. Um, Talking about taking some risk on yourself and and sacrifices. That's awesome. So when did you make that transition into kind of like bigger deals and development, right? Because you obviously started scrappy, bootstrapped, right? You did a bunch of that. And then when was that time you said, hey, uh, I like doing this. It's not too bad, but I want to roll with the big boys as they say right when did you make that move or big girls
0: um you know it it was probably about seven years ago and and really what it was is i'm going to give you another story of an illustration i was down in miami so i went to got to grad school at fiu And I'd gone back to school and I got a a degree in international real estate and it's in finance. And I met a young kid. um, I say young, he was like 28-ish, late 20s. And he just finished building a high-rise, a skyscraper, you know, kind of building 40-story condo project in Miami Beach. And he made like $30 million, maybe $40 million profit. And I was like, and I think I was like 35, 36, something like that. I was like, how'd you do that? Like, what'd you do? Like, tell me more. Like, did you grow up doing construction? You know, did, you, did your dad have money? You know, like, did you win the lottery? Like, you know, what, 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 what did you do? You know, to go, cause, and really what it is, is that's what I aspire to do is build a skyscraper and to build a, 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 maybe it's just a big phallic symbol but you know build a big project and change a skyline and i was like man that's super interesting how'd you do that and uh, tell me your your story and he was uh he's like no i didn't grow up doing this he's like actually i just came to the country three years ago i was in venezuela and I didn't know how to do anything. We didn't do anything. And I came to Miami because, you know, that's where Spanish-speaking people come. And they, they came to Miami. My dad has no money. Um, you know, um, I have no experience doing this. Literally, there was just a listing on, you know, uh, on the LoopNet or CoStar, or Crexie, or whatever it was. There was a listing. And I was like, hey, I want to buy that for what they had it listed for. There was a contractor and an architect that were doing a project down the street. And I said, could you do that, your type of project over here? And they said, yeah, here's what we can do. Do those other things. Started talking to a sales agent, a broker, and they said, we can sell these. And because we've been selling those and we got a lot of demand. And if you want to do that. And they started generating some sales. So they just walked around and. Miami's an interesting market where you can just do that. You can walk down the street and be like, hey, I'm developing a project. Who's got a hundred million dollars they can help me with? And you know what? Really people are like, oh, here's 2 million. Here's a million here. Let me do a deal. And so he was able to fund to buy the land he completed uh, or got enough uh, sales that the bank was like, yeah, we'll, you know, you know, develop or give you a loan to develop out this project, it's nothing about your credit doing the things because it's the sales and ultimately these people are going to live there and they're paying for it. So then he built it out and I think it ended up being like 70 million dollar project and he sold it for 100 or 110 million dollars and made all this profit and he did not have any money, did not have any experience, did not do any market studies, didn't do any research on it in, you know, really fortuitously or in a time in the era of, of the cycle. But just, he's like, I came to America because it's the land of opportunity. And I just came out and I did it. And that's what you do, you just go do and take action and you can do those things. And like that hit me over the head, like a two by four. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. Someone is doing what you dream of with less, just because they created and did the action. So to me, that's when I started getting into these bigger deals where I was like, I'll just figure it out. I remember I started my private equity real estate company. I told my wife, I'm gonna start this boutique private equity company we're going to go expand and do it nationwide she's like what's that And i said i don't know i just read it in a book i'm only a couple chapters in but we're going to figure it out i'm i can figure it out and so that is what i mean is like all limitations in life are your own self limitations you are telling yourself that you can't do those bigger projects because you don't have the money what it is is not a lack of resources it's a lack of a resourcefulness Everything is a construct of imagination, the building that you're sitting in, the you know car you drive, the bus you go on, like all those things. Someone just thought about that. Someone saw one day and said, hey, that's an empty parcel. I think a building should go there and i think it should be this tall and then they collectively in that illustration of that story just get a contractor an architect some other people that are collectively vibe into your vision and you can take your figment of your imagination and then construct it and then turn it into the physical realm in which we experience as humans and that is unbelievable love it catching knives
1: tell us about your book um, very briefly before we get into the quick rounds yet.
0: Yeah. So catching knives, a guide to investing in distress, commercial real estate, There's a, a blip, a small window of distress, commercial real estate in, in the 2020, it kind of went the other direction, but I, it really, what it is is a principles of some of those systems that I've put in, in place to be a good investor. You need to understand how to leverage other people. I've been doing this for 20 years and I still every single day realize and find something new. And the, the, more that I know, the more, uh, that I realize I don't know, like the, the vastness of information that exists out there. And so I, and you, you should use this as far as some of the systems to put in place the team members. I'm not very good at reading leases and, and, and contracts but I hire real estate people and attorneys that are really good at reading those things and give that, that feedback. It's a much better way to leverage their expertise. And how do you assemble those people? Who are those people? What are the systems that you need to put in place where distressed real estate is the, the, systems you have to put in place allow you to buy assets with limited information when you have a lot of information it gets actually easier to invest and so what i say is here's the systems when you can invest into something with limited information they are you know helpful in all real estate investing
1: we definitely definitely do into the quick i because i think quick questions quick answers you ready sir yes sir First question, what makes you, Jake, unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl?
0: So uh, I've been told that I'm uh, almost annoyingly optimistic. And so my energy is contagious. And I'm going to make you believe in yourself and the positive in life, whether you like it or not
1: i love that i love that second question what was the last book that you read and what was the one thing you picked up from that book
0: um the last book i read was ray dalio's and i want to say it was that the ending of market cycles or something related to that uh the changing world order the principles of dealing with the changing world order just pulling that up on my phone uh what i learned from that is that there's a lot of macro things that are at play that um, can help change the direction in which you're you're potentially investing or you need to understand the tide of what is flowing. And, And that does have an effect on what you're investing into in Houston or San Antonio or Shreveport, Louisiana.
1: Final question, what do you do for fun?
0: So what I do every day is fun to me. I've actually constructed my entire life to where most of what I do is fun. I'm not saying that all my work is fun. There's lots of things that suck about it and are are annoying. But uh, I like, as far as hobbies, uh, I snowboard and we do a lot of travel. And so we do an international trip every year with my family and exploring new places um, is really exciting to me. And then expanding and talking to new people. Um, there's so many people that have so many fascinating stories, and they're, they are uniquely genius in something, and they can teach me. Um, everyone can teach me something.
1: I love it. I love it. If somebody's thinking, you know, I really like this jig guy, how can they get connected with you, get to learn more about you?
0: So, catch knives with an S, knives.com is the website where you can log on order the book we have some courses about people that want to do due diligence on on commercial deals or net lease deals um, we have some newsletter i think that accesses our youtube and other things uh, i'm most active on instagram and that's jake dot real estate so at jake dot real estate and that's the period not spelled out dot uh that's where i'm most active and obviously i have a youtube channel you can just Jake Harris, real estate. And usually I pull up in most uh, locations. I'm not the guy on the fishing show. Um, uh, Jake Harris, the real estate guy.
1: (laughs) Thanks for the clarification. Really appreciate you, Jake. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: Hola, gracias.